0: You're listening to a podcast. You're being a mature, responsible human being. You're growing yourself. You're learning. I'm so excited for you. My name is Mike Signorelli. I'm the lead pastor of V1 Church. And before we listened to this last week's message, it was the final message in our series, Read Receipts, where we've been tackling some of the hardest, if not the hardest, questions you can tackle in Christianity oh man, this last Sunday, this grand finale was off the charts. So I want to tell you, here's what you better prepare yourself for. Um, The question that I ended with was the question, if Christianity is so true, where is the power in it? So hopefully that just like got you fired up for this. So get ready to take notes. I'll see on the other side of it. You've got to listen all the way through because the end, uh, it got, it got pretty crazy. Uh, in a good way so without further ado here is the final installation in our series read receipts where is the power in christianity all right well time is of the essence today because there is i cannot wait for the day where i can start a sermon and not have to say there is a 1215 showing of venom here in this very (laughs) pray for me church hey we've got a lot of guests here today I know we had some trouble seating some people. We actually have an overflow auditorium. I did want to let you know. And that thing's packed out quite a few times, but there's still some room in there today. And so if you ever feel like uh, you want to go, I know that the overflow auditorium has become some people's guilty pleasure. Or they're like, hey, I'll take one for the team and go on that other theater where there's less people. <laughs> so if you're wired that way, and I am, uh, you can always go to the Overflow Auditorium. So if you ever get here and can't find a seat, don't be mad at me. Um, we just, we're just got, we have good problems. Isn't that, don't you love that? Isn't it good for a church to have good problems? And you know it ain't because I'm being nice because I preach real mean. So it's not like it's seeker sensitive here. I just rebuke you for 35 minutes and then pray for you at the end. You know what I mean, it's not like I'm tickling your ears. I'm burning them off with fuego. <laughs> fuego means fire, white people. Um, I'm actually a gringo myself, but I've been adopted into a Latin family in Colombia. Anyone kind of follow that, that trip? It was, it was poderosa or poderoso. Yeah, yeah see. Si. Um, you like that? You just say, you see, um, it was such a powerful trip and you know, I, it, for me in the last two months to go from Budapest, Hungary to, you know, Ujgorod, Ukraine. How many of you think it's crazy that we had our very first V1 preview service in a place that tra- Ujgorod and Ukraine translates snake city? Uh, that'll preach. <laughs> So we did our very first V1 preview service there because there's such a demand; it, it, it's just incredible. And Ouzgarad uh, means Snake City, so I thought it was really cool. They they made these shirts that said V1 Snake City. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that crazy? And then we were in Colombia and throwing down. And uh, my my, I, you know, it's like if there was a Batman and Robin, you it's you probably figured out it's me and Evan. He's Robin, you know, like the attractive younger one that. It's not Batman. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, No, actually, we hate one-man shows. And I believe that God has uh, placed a ministry on my wife and I to activate and release you into your call. And uh, we're not here into raising up personalities. Uh, We want this to exist beyond a personality. And so um, I had spent years in Columbia doing ministry, and actually, it was really funny because I was like, Evan, how would you like to preach overseas? And he was like, yes, Pastor Mike. You know, like when you have a call of God on your life and someone gives you a shot. And then he got there, and we're like in the Andes Mountains, and there's Mosquito, there's, there's mosquitoes the size of pigeons, and he's having near-death experiences, and he's like, I miss Long Island um, with machetes, actually, <laughs> with machetes, but I left him there, so I came back last night, and he's still there, and he's preaching his guts out, and people are getting saved, and Evan's tearing it up, and I'm so proud of that guy. And I believe that a lot of this traveling that you guys have seen us do has been the precursor to you going. So I'm laying some spiritual railroad tracks. I'm about to kick some of you out of the nest. I almost said kick you in the neck. That too. <laughs> That's my, you know how the Bible says that the, the, the flesh and the spirit are at war with each other. That was my Italian flesh coming out the windmill kick to the neck. Why don't you turn your Bibles to Acts chapter one? All the Pentecostals just said, Yes. <laughs> 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 Acts chapter one. It's so true. You know what's funny? I was raised, you probably can tell, I try so hard to be Presbyterian. But I was raised in Pentecostal storefront churches, and my mom here's the funny thing. So I thought to myself, I hadn't looked at all the schedule for the communicators for the stage. And I had thought to myself today, okay, I'm going to be speaking out of the book of Acts. Um, we're closing the series on read receipts. And I really, I I need, I said, I really need like a good Methodist 50% of the service before I get up to counterbalance what I'm about to do. So all the guests are like, no, they're not crazy. no, no, that's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Then all of a sudden I looked at the schedule for transition and I saw Sandra Anderson. and I was like, no. <laughs> and then I, I get here and she's like, and then the Lord said. Uh, uh, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Isn't it, hey, if you were ever race in like a full-blown charismatic church, wasn't it, wasn't that always how it went the one time you brought your friend? <laughs> that one time your friend was finally like, yeah, 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 I'll go check it out. That's the one where everyone's flailing around rolling all over the floor and you're like barking like dogs which we don't do that here people come on now but it was like they never came until that service and when I saw my mom was I'm like here we go Dios (laughs) here we go (laughs) Uh, and you know I've been vulnerable through this series and I've been sharing with you guys about my own you know I'm I'm in a fake intellectual. I love philosophy, I love science, and it's, I always try to look through the lens of my own experiences as somebody who was born and raised in, inside of Pentecostalism and charismatic stuff and then, and then tried to transcend that and study and read and was secularly educated and worked in the secular realm before becoming a pastor. And so there's this tension that I have inside of myself, but I sort of resolve it with the idea that God has given me more than a brain. He's also given me a spirit. And see, the problem with dismissing the supernatural realm is that people know there is one. And I'm not just talking about Christians. I'm talking about everybody. You see how intellectual that was? Everybody some of the best selling blockbuster movies are about the supernatural realm i mean i I could name you all the titles but they're going to kick us out to show you one here in the next 25 minutes i mean long island medium psychics you've got friends who are mad at you because you gave in the offering here today but they give their offering to the psychics And you're trying to convince me there's no spiritual realm and that there's no devil and that there's no warfare that's happening all around you. That sounds like warfare to me because they don't have no problem giving their money to the spirits, alcohol. But you can't give your money to the spirit with a capital S without them having a problem with it. Don't make me preach today, people. Because I'm sick and tired of it. Send them the podcast today. What's this link? This link is going to set you free, homie. <laughs> Kiki, do you love me? <laughs> Acts chapter 1. <laughs> I preached like 15 times this week, and I was in South America 12 hours ago. I still smell like the mountains, y'all. And I'm about to bring the fuego, to Santo, today. There he is now. (laughs) Knock and the door shall be open. (laughs) Now, let me exegete this scripture for you so that you know I'm a theologian with you. Now, here, want me to tell you how I know some of you are bound in religion? Because as a pastor, you expect me to read my Bible more than you. And see, you know that you're bound in religion. When the expectation is, I know this, but see, I was raised in a home where I was taught that those who are, tr- those who are capable of transferring knowledge are also capable of transferring error. So I would, I, would, I would implore you to read the Bible for yourself. And if you are raised in any religion or denomination that did not give you a ferocious hunger and desire for scripture to know it for yourself, you may have been given a big old dose of religion. Jesus didn't come for that, and so I want you to know what you know, so you know I ain't lying to you today. Know it for yourself. Turn to the person next to you and say, know it for yourself. Isn't that liberating? Don't take me at my word for it. Know it for yourself. Acts chapter 1. I'll just read you the whole Bible. Let's just start from Genesis. Let's go to to chapter 1 verse 3 let me read you this translation, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs, say many, many convincing proofs, this is Jesus that we're talking about, that he was alive, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God, spoke about the kingdom of God, this is what Jesus after the resurrection was doing, okay, On one occasion, he was eating with them. He gave them this command. He said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with a speedy santo. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive poderoso when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even a movie theater on Long Island one day. Who would have thought the Bible could have been this encouraging? And he said this, and after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. That was the mic drop moment. Jesus said what I just read to you. These were his last words on earth as a physical manifestation of God. And then after he said, Acts chapter one, verse eight, you know what he did? (laughs) And he ascended to heaven. Can you imagine? They were like, that was it. That, That was it. Because what he was actually saying was this. It's better that I go. See, many of you here, you'd be like, well, I'd believe in Jesus if he was physically walking around. No, actually, he's got a plan better than that. It's called Jesus unleashed in the earth. It's called Jesus ubiquitous in you. It's called the Holy Spirit. You know what's better than there just being one central location for Jesus? Him dwelling inside of everyone who receives him as Savior. So every time you identify the humanity of someone, you must also identify the divinity of Christ as well if they received him. And so... Jesus drops this mic drop moment on him and sort of walks away. And the reason why I think this is important for Read Receipts is because as we've been dealing with all the hard questions that people have about Christianity, and I've been as vulnerable as I could be for you, I think probably one of the most pertinent questions that we have to answer to close this series out and do the grand finale today is the question, if this thing is real, if I can digest the idea that God truly exists, if I I can digest the idea that yes he is in fact personal if i can even step out on a limb and say that he actually came to earth wrapped in flesh as jesus christ and accept him as savior and i can get all the way to that point here's the question i still have for you preacher here's the question i still have for you christian familia who keep inviting me to this v1 church and getting on my nerves because you keep posting about it all week on your internet if i can ask you one question it would be this if this God is so powerful, where's the power? If this thing is so real, why isn't it just more than a whole bunch of celebrity televangelists trying to get all my money? Now listen, this, we're going to talk right now. We're going to have a little talk here. And I'm going to say the things on stage that you all say at your lunch. So can I be that vulnerable and that honest and real with you? Can I be real talk Mike today? Can I? I mean, what happens when you've received religion is that you have to reduce Christ to either a liar or a lunatic. This is the equation for religion. When you've accepted a religion, see, Jesus didn't come to earth, and this is basic for some of you, but I'll take you to the advanced class in 22 minutes, okay? But Jesus didn't come to earth to establish a new religion or to even critique and just uh, reformulate the existing one. He came to actually separate the veil and have us enter into a personal and intimate relationship with God through his sacrifice. So what happens is, is that you know you've received religion because the equation that you have to receive is that he's a liar or a lunatic. And here's what I mean by that. Jesus said a lot of crazy things. And the thing about it is if you're going to say I believe in Jesus, I have accepted Jesus, Jesus is my Lord and Savior and I receive him as the truth with a capital C then a T then that means everything that he says therefore must have been true for you as well, right? So, if he said that those who believe in me, not just Pastor Mike, who went to Columbia and fasted and prayed, not just the Bishop T.D. Jakes, not just Stephen Furtick at Elevation, not just Benny Hinn, not just these characters and these figures and these personalities that we've uh, aggrandized in culture, but he said, Jesus said, all those who believe will cast out demons, heal the sick, and even raise the dead. That sounds loco. And you know how I know you receive religion when you have to actually reduce Jesus and his statement to either Jesus was a lunatic or a liar. And what I mean by that is there are people who are out of their mind, and they think that they can walk through walls. They think that they are celebrities. They th- we, those people have di- diagnosable mental illness, and it's not anything to laugh about, but you've probably talked with someone like that before, right? Right? And so what happens is we have to ask ourselves the question, if Jesus said we're going to do all these things, matter of fact, Jesus took it a step further and kind of stood in proxy of all these other religious figures who would say, as a disciple, you will do what I do in greater. That was a common phrase. And they meant it specifically about the interpretation and in the yoke of scripture. And he actually said, you're going to do everything you see me doing greater. Who, who's the you he was talking about? All of you. And so what happens is if you receive religion, it de- religion demands that Pastor Mike does it while you spectate. Religion demands that I actually start selling you water from Israel and monetizing it so I can make some money and not drive a Subaru anymore. Religion demands that I start selling oils to you and trying to convince you that this holy oil that I've prayed over is going to do something that you couldn't possibly have access to through Christ alone. And see, what happened is, you, many of you who think that you're anti-church, you're just anti-religion, but guess what? Jesus was too. So welcome to the spiritual family today. I'm going to get preaching in a little while. I'm just establishing my point here, communicators. So the other thing you'd have to say is, was Jesus just lying? Was he a charlatan? Did he know he couldn't do it? Did he know that he couldn't heal people, but he had some parlor tricks that he would pull off and and, and do it in such a way that your people of lower intelligences would be so mesmerized by his parlor trick uh, miracle that they would follow him? what if you truly call yourself a Jesus follower and a believer today? You've got to take his whole word at it. And I'm just going to read to you one more time. Acts chapter one, verse eight. It says this, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive what? Power. Power. All right, let's talk. Let's talk. Um, I just recently did, like, a lot of flying, and I started paying attention to the experience because I kept having it over and over again, and I was here and there, and flights were getting delayed, and it was all crazy. I mean, even service happening today was a miracle, and, and Julie kind of spoke to that. But I noticed thing is that the last thing, you like how my mic drops when I say that? It just dropped, the signal drops. Um, the last thing that you say is often the most important, am I right? Parents, am I Right. You say a whole bunch of stuff to your kids, and then right before they go to that sleepover, you're like, but if anything happens, you better grab that cell phone and call me right now because you know I don't trust nobody. (laughs) Am I the only parent like that? Don't trust none of you. We do criminal background checks for everyone who serves at V1 Kids. Did you know that? We had security when we had 30 people in this church. If they get through the angels, they got to get through Steve. That's all I'm saying. but the last thing you say is typically the thing that is the most important and so i was asking myself as i was studying the first chapter of acts this is the last thing jesus said i think he was reserving for his disciples specifically the most important information so what now on this flight is the last thing that they're going to tell us and i wrote two things down i think there's some revelation here for you first one is secure your own mask before helping others so when you're on an airplane and it's going down Someone decided they need more oxygen so that they can scream harder <laughs> during this experience. I don't know, but the pressure, of the cabin drops, so these oxygen masks they drop down, and you put an oxygen mask on, and then they, then they show this like three D rendering of this like dad, like millennial dad, who like nonchalantly just like the whole plane's going down, everyone's going to die, and then he's grabbing this oxygen mask and he's putting nonchalantly putting on himself and then then he goes over to his miha and he starts on his daughter he starts putting the the oxygen mask on and I I thought that was funny because I asked myself the question how many Christians put their oxygen mask on first before offering it to others if you're following me i mean how many people are getting high on their own supply okay for people from the street let me just say it like this how are you going to not be intimate with god yourself and then start trying to dole out correction and dole out something for somebody else and you know why they have to tell you on an airplane that you have to put your, they have to train you before, go because your instinct, and sometimes it comes from the right place. Hear me, parents. I had this thought. I'm like, if the plane was going down and Bella was sitting next to me, in a hundred percent of the time, I would grab that mask and put it on my daughter. Am I right? Anyone else thinking like that? But they just know that if you don't get collect- connected to the supply first yourself, you are going to be no help to the person next to you. And so if you've ever been hurt by a church person, maybe they didn't have their oxygen mask on before they try to hand you one. And see what happens when you are connected. And what Jesus was saying is this. He was saying, wait for the promise. Because I told you you're going to do greater. I told you you're going to do a whole bunch of stuff. Signs, miracles, wonders, raise people from the dead, cast out demons. I told you you were going to do all that. But I need you to wait in Jerusalem for the oxygen mass to drop. Because I'm going to need to connect you to a life source first that comes the breath of life, the spirit of God coming to dwell inside of you. And once it's connected... Then you'll do everything I told you to do. And so the second thing that they said in the airplane was this. I love it. Do not inflate the life vest while you are in the cabin. And they showed this video of this guy. Now, this is like Latin American, like 3D rendering. So, you know, it was glorious. I was dying laughing at it. And this guy is like kind of a heavy set guy. He has the vest on and then he pulls the thing and then they did an X over. Don't do this. But let's just talk real right now. Let's say you did survive the plane crash into the water because you know that's the only time you need a life jacket, right? How many of you guys are saying, I'm going to wait till I jump in that shark-infested water to pull the string on this bad boy? Who's jumping in the water first, then pulling the string? Let's, can we be real here? You know we're all pulling those vests together at the same time, right? And the reason why I think there's some revelation in that for you is that we've got too many Christians pulling their life vest in situations that don't demand it. We got too many Christians not willing to take a risk for the gospel, pulling their life vest open for for chaos that we created. And it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Now watch, here's what we do. We want power to save us from ourselves but guess what? It doesn't say that's what the power is for. The power is not there to deliver you from yourself. See, and that will happen when you receive the gospel. He will save you from yourself, but I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about power. See, power is different. It says, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses witnesses you'll receive power to be my witnesses now here's what we wanted to make it you will receive power to do whatever you want with it you will receive power to actually use it to elevate yourself over other christians and act like you're holier than thou because god used you to do a miracle that he said everyone who believes can do can i can i just say it today is somebody getting free And so Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to me, is a very important linchpin. Psalms 27, uh, 23, 28 says this. says, but for me, it is good to be near God. Say near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge. Now watch. That I may tell of all your works. And see, look at the order. But for me, it is good to be near God. Chapter 73, verse 28. I have made the Lord God my refuge. Then... I may tell of all your good works. I put the oxygen mask on myself first. I let God breathe the breath of life into me. I got close to him, learned to make him my refuge. Now I'm getting ready to tell some crazy stories about what he did. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven says this, for God has not given us, you know this one, the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. What's happened to the power? Come on, if you're here and you're hearing me today, if you're watching the live stream, if you're listening to the podcast, what happened to the power? Where is the power? Well, guess what? The power is still flowing today, but it works on a supply and demand principle. And I think God had to do something in taking me back to Columbia. You know, I believe that I actually dug some wells in Columbia. If you've ever done ministry in another place, you can dig a well in that place. And there was just something about getting back in that atmosphere and, and seeing that there was some still some fresh water. Water coming up out of that well that I begin to encounter God's presence and begin to grapple with this message that I wanted to preach to you today because I wanted to remind you that there is still power in the name of Jesus, that there is still power to be a witness. And 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 for me, it, it was it was one of those things where I begin to think about you guys and I begin to think about New York and your lives and the things that you encounter. I begin to be increasingly aware that. Maybe some of us, it's what you actually received was a community, not power. And there's a place for Christian community. We talk often about, man, the community at V1, it's so nice, it's so friendly. But you know what? Community community will only carry you so far. You're going to need some power, too. You know, some of you have received Christian culture because the music moves you. Oh, that's my jam. That's my song. I feel goosebumps. Well, guess what? If you stay in the game long enough, you're going to go to a place past feelings. You're going to get to a stage where you say, man, I don't feel the goosebumps like I did before. And if all you receive is the song, if all you receive is the Christian culture, you're going to miss out on the power of the Holy Spirit. If you've been in this thing long enough, You're going to realize every single leader fails you because every single leader is a human being. You better have the Holy Spirit and power to sustain you through. And you know, I think what happened for me in Colombia is that I got both hands tied behind my back again, and it's such a great place to be as a Christian. I didn't have access to the language. I didn't understand fully their culture, and I was on a mission to be a witness to Jesus Christ in that region. And you know, I want to tell you a story about how I was preaching the first night, and it began to fill up to overflow capacity, and there were people standing on the outside, and I was so vulnerable saying, God, I've got to find a way to communicate the cross to these people so that they'll come to know you today i i I need your power god i i need you i'm so humbled by the fact that i'd be here to do something this crazy and i got up there and i preached and i gave it everything i had but at the end i opened up the altar i said this front area is going to be open and if you want to receive jesus if you want to if you want to receive more of what he has for you come forward and people started pressing in tight tight and all of a sudden i went to go pray now listen what i'm going to tell you sounds weird but this whole thing is weird already if your kids in V1 Kids coloring a picture of Moses passing through the waves of a sea parted, it's already weird. If you're telling me that a man died and was resurrected and then walked around, Acts chapter one says he did a victory lap like, oh yeah, y'all thought I was dead? <laughs> he, some of you don't know that Jesus actually stuck around long enough to go eat with people, hang out with people. I think maybe he even looked at him and said, how you like me now? somebody was talking did you hear jesus was raised from the dead and i believe he was like oh you mean me (laughs) and i just feel that jesus has that kind of personality it doesn't come through in the aramaic but it's there and some of you didn't know that he did a victory lap then he said wait for the holy spirit and you have received such a mega dose of religion that you haven't been able to gain access to the power of it. But you are sitting in the very result of the power because you did. I, this church was just built off of supernatural events over and over and over again. And, and I was in Colombia and I got just such a visceral reminder of it because, okay, here, let's go there, y'all. I was praying for this woman and I laid my hand on her and I got this vivid vision of like weights, like a weightlifter's weights, like the, the, the plate stacked on her shoulders and they were labeled different things. But one of them that was sticking out to me was the, a loved one and the name of a loved one. And I stepped out and took a risk because I'm not a psychic. I'm not a weird, I, I just, I take risks. The kingdom of heaven is advanced one risk at a time. It doesn't mean just because I have the title of pastor, that what I'm about to tell you is reserved for me you have access through the Holy Spirit to do what I'm telling you to do and all of a sudden I looked at this woman I said through the translator his name was Sergio and um side note he's like a little mini me of me which was hilarious he had like a beard and glasses and I was like God you didn't have to make a mini me to translate this weekend that was so cool but I begin to say through the translator to this woman I said I see this vision of you having heavy weights on your shoulders, and you're specifically carrying a family member that you have been going into prayer for over and over and over and over and over over again, and you just don't understand how he's going to accept Christ, how he's coming back. But I want to tell you, I see a vision of you just laughing. I mean, you are just laughing, and you're exuberant with joy just celebrating this person coming to Christ. And I said that, and she was crying, and she received it. It was great. Well, then I continue to go through the crowd, praying for people, and I see this guy in the peripherals. And I just felt sort of attracted to, to him spiritually. I said, you, grab that guy, bring him here. And he was crying already, and he, he was weeping. And I said, what are you weeping about? Like, what's happening right now? And he was like, I wasn't supposed to be here tonight. I, I just came because I got invited, and I, I just started to get overwhelmed. He's saying this in Spanish. I, I'm getting overwhelmed by the presence of God. When you started saying there's somebody here who wants to see, receive Jesus, I knew it was me. And he's saying that. I said, come on, son, let's pray this prayer together, and we're crying together well when it was all over somebody ran up to me and they said Pastor Mike Pastor Miguelito here's what you don't know You prophesied to that woman that she was carrying a loved one that she was praying for over and over. This church has been praying for that person. We knew exactly what you were talking about even though you didn't know what you were talking about. But guess what? When you called that young man out, that was her son that she had been praying for and he got saved and she left that place laughing just like you said she was going to laugh. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will receive power to be my witnesses, not power to do parlor tricks, not power to prostitute the gifting of the Holy Spirit, but power to testify to who Jesus is. And the word began to spread. And as the word spread after that night about the other miracles and things that occurred, the the conference that I was preaching the rest of the week went over capacity. Power to be my witness. Now, listen, if you're trying to grow a business in here, I want to say something to you. Because maybe you're thinking, well, this is ministry talk. No, well, it's Christian talk. If you're a Christian, I expect you to do some miracles today by the time this service is over. We're not playing with religion and tradition here, but but that woman, man, she left laughing just like that word. And her son came to the conference the next day, and I saw him sitting there taking notes, and I was laughing to myself. How crazy is God? No way I couldn't own. But you know, recently I was hanging out with a guy who has an intimate relationship with John Maxwell. John Maxwell is a former Indiana pastor turned business leader. I mean, many of you have read his books. I mean, he's regarded as one of the greatest leader minds of our generation but he's also a former pastor and he's and madly in love with Christ and he's fervent about the things of God. And I was talking to this guy who has an intimate relationship with him. He's his accountability, he travels with him overseas. He even sleeps in the same hotel room as John Maxwell. So I said, well, this is a good opportunity for me to ask this guy, what's the secret? Like, how do you get to John Maxwell status? Yeah, I've read all of his books. And you know what he said? He goes, the secret is this. John Maxwell's main and only focus of existence is to be a witness to Jesus Christ and lead people. He said we go overseas and we he speaks to an audience of 10,000 people then he'll say later on tonight or tomorrow morning we're going to come back here and I have another story I want to tell you. It's not for everyone but it's a story that happened to me and if you want to hear it and he'll thin it out from 10,000 to 2,000 10,000 to 7,000 and last year he led 30 2,000 people to Jesus. And so if you're here and you're like, I want to grow my business. Well, let me just tell you this. God is not into growing things that just grow your wealth or your fame. But when you will make up in your mind, I will live to make Jesus famous. I will be a witness to him. Then you will have this nuclear powerhouse surging through you 24-7 to refresh you as you refresh other people. And everything around you will begin to grow as you bear witness to who Jesus is. And just because Gary Vaynerchuk and Simon Sinek and Tony Robbins told you something different, they may be accessing the principles, but here we access the power! The power! because you can use the principles to gain the whole world and then stand before God. And he says, depart from me, for I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Yeah, you worked hard enough to make money. Yeah, you worked hard enough to get the house, but you don't know me. So the power comes from the relationship. Put on that oxygen mask today with me. Put on that oxygen mask. Breathe his presence. Receive him deep inside of you. And then from that, you will save many. Somebody rise up on your feet if it's time for you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, thanks so much for listening this week. I know that this message had an impact on your life. I cannot tell you how many messages we've received and stories people have told us about what has happened as the power of God has just hit their life. So do me a favor. If this message impacted your life, tell us your story. Go to www.v1.church and send us a message. To let our team know what's going on. And you know what? Share this with a friend. I don't know how you're listening Maybe maybe iTunes, maybe you're on a droid, maybe you're listening directly through our app, but however you're listening, try to find a way to share it with a friend and we will see you next week.